Hey everyone, welcome to the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club and podcast. Today was really an episode unlike any other because it was the most visually pleasing interview I have ever done. So if you're not tuning into our live stream, today is a great reason to try to tune in because our guest, Matthew Cummings, owner of Pretentious Glass Co. and Pretentious Beer Co., took us on a tour of all of his amazing hand-blown glassware that is done right on site next to the brewery. We also tasted the Brown Ale Belgian Dubel from Elst Brewing Company. It was absolutely delicious. This is an episode not to forget. Hey everyone, welcome to the Brews Less Traveled podcast in Beer Club. I'm your craft beer loving host, Molly Lamb, and we are back in Knoxville, Tennessee today. I am joined by my amazing co-host for the month of September, Mike, aka Hophead Hawk, one of his many nicknames. Mike, you want to say hello? Uh, yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you know, I was realizing uh, earlier that listening to some of the, that I really haven't been as as wacky as I am in real life. <laughs> it takes a minute. No, I know. I feel like sometimes as soon as the co-host gets warmed up, it's like time for me to kick you out. And right, right. Co-host. Get too so. comfortable. And uh, I hope you didn't throw out uh, any of those extras that were in your beer box, because I almost did that. Um, you know, if you didn't look in there, there's some very cool stickers, including this one uh, from Knoxville, which is uh, really cool. And it shows how uh, outdoorsy and also artistic the city of Knoxville is and uh, a place that I now very much want to. I want to live there now. That's how I feel about all the cities. I'm like, I want to go back. I'm trying to organize, you know, a beer vendors trip for me, you, Glenn and, and Ethan, who was my co-host last month and right. go somewhere. And I, I know I kind of want to do it in Knoxville. Yeah, I'm I'm down. Uh, you can get back on that Greyhound bus again. Not a chance, Hophead Hawk. <laughs> very cool. And speaking of very cool, we have a really cool guest this evening. Uh, we have uh, Matthew Cummings, the owner of Pretentious Glass and a Pretentious Beer Company. And we're also drinking a very cool beer from our friends at Elst Brewing. Uh, you remember we had the IPA from them a couple of weeks ago. Tonight we're trying the Brown Ale Belgian Dubelle. Yes, something totally different from there. I think we had their juicy IPA. And so, yeah, this is going to be a nice departure from that. Right. And the name is brown, but I don't think it's technically a Belgian Dubelle. Yeah, I know. Brown ale, but uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to try it and see what we think. Yeah. All right, Mike, you want to go ahead and crack open a beer? Yeah. All right, let's open this brown ale Belgian double from Elst. I'm excited about it. Yep. And uh, I and since we have our, our glass uh, aficionado tonight, I brought out a cool glass. Uh, uh, they call this a harmony glass. It's like a really new style of glass. Uh, and this is from our, my, our friends at Tilted Barn Brewing. That's uh, nice. And they're Milo's Phoenix is the name of the beer. So it's just wicked cool. Oh, look yeah, at that. I like that a lot. And the, every beer looks good in these glasses. I really like that. A harmony glass. So it's calling it a. Uh, stemmed beer glass too. It was hard to find what what they were called. It's not a teku. Oh, this looks gorgeous. See, I told you this glass makes every beer look nice, even though this one probably looks. It good really does. Ooh, oh, man. I said caramel. You can see through it. They weren't kidding when they said brown ale. This is a Ooh. nice, nice, just beautiful, rich, deep caramelly brown color. Completely opaque, can't see anything through it, no clarity, absolutely gorgeous. I really like the nose on there. 
All right. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, indeed. Ooh, that's nice. Oh, my God. Mm. It's really caramelly. Mm -hmm. And this one packs a little bit of a punch. It clocks in at 6.5% ABV, only 27 IBUs. And I would definitely recommend serving this in a tulip glass. It really kind of releases the Mm. beautiful aromas in the Belgian yeast. And this delicious brown ale is brewed with dark candied sugar. And I really get that on the finish. It's got this sweet, subtle viscosity. And they use some wheat, pilsner, and Belgian malts, noble and English hops, and then Belgian yeast, of course. And it's really an easy drinking ale with a lot of flavor. And it supports this clean malt character that it has. Yeah. And the sweetness is nice, but it's not like too sweet. It's very smooth. Mm. It's delicious. Oh, man. I love this. I'm sorry. I only have one can now. I know. Well, it's a 16 ounce. That's true. So I can fit more in this glass. <laughs> and I feel like it's just such a nice variation from what we had from else previously in the month because we had a juicy kind of new England style ale. Nice to go back to this. It's got a nice warming on the, on the finish too, without being uh, boozy. It's just got a nice uh, warming finish and that sweetness on the front. Really good. Way easier drinking than I expected. I know you kind of, you look at it and yeah, you think it's going to be maybe a little bit more bitter. I would look at this and think it would have more of a dry mouth feel, that kind of roasty, toasty malt character that a brown ale typically has, an American brown ale. But because of that Belgian yeast, it gives it that kind of sweet viscosity, almost a little banana clove happening. Hmm. And that candied brown sugar that they're brewing it with, it really gives this nice sweetness on the finish. It's a great fall beer. It almost has like a pumpkin spice vibe to me. I don't know if that's just because I had a pumpkin lager or earlier today and maybe that's lingering in my in my beer soul right now but uh this is a really nice fall beer and it very much fits the style very very much fits the style it's excellent dubel yeah it's just like a beautiful and unique variation on a typical brown ale given that the style really is in fact a belgian dubel and elst does unique plays on traditional beers it seems they also i noticed on their website they have a dark belgian style saison it's interesting i wonder what kind of malt is used in that beer that would be really interesting saisons are great in the summer but while you guys enjoy this beer i'm going to give you a couple facts about knoxville okay so there are some famous folks from knoxville quentin tarantino the famous hollywood director was born there actor and comedian johnny knoxville is from this city and his given name was philip john pj clapp he changed his last name to honor his wonderful hometown i always was curious if that was his real last name Dolly Parton and the Everly Brothers also started their careers from Knoxville. And I guess that's why they call Knoxville the cradle of country music, as we mentioned in one of our previous episodes. So Dolly took the stage at the Cass Walker Farm and Home Hour in Knoxville. Wow. You know, uh, when we talk so much about music, uh, 
I'm curious, what is your favorite beer to drink while listening to your favorite album? The other day I was listening to Neutral Milk Hotel. I was listening to them and I was drinking a, a beautiful Marzen lager from our buddies at Rheingeist in Cincinnati, who we featured in our June season. And it was just kind of perfect. It was raining outside. This was on Sunday. It was super rainy. I was drinking this nice multi Oktoberfest style lager, listening to some Neutral Milk Hotel and I was so happy. Also, while you guys kick back and relax, let's learn a little bit more about Pretentious Glass Co. and Pretentious Beer Co. Pretentious Glass Co. is a glass blowing studio dedicated to glassware designed specifically for craft beer, wine, cocktails, and whiskey. It is one half of the Pretentious Beer and Glass Company, now called Pretentious Craft Co. The other half is Pretentious Beer, which is a craft beer brewery that focuses on experimental and one-of-the-kind brews. Yeah, and their mission for Pretentious Beer Company is to create a unique experience for craft beer enthusiasts. And their focus is profitable production and service of craft beer and soda in hand-blown glassware. They deliver high levels of knowledgeable service while hosting creative events within a chill and clean environment. Hand-blown glassware, that's unheard of. It really is. And this combo is the brainchild of the glass artist turn brewer, Matthew Cummings. Both businesses are located in the heart of downtown Knoxville and connected via a stunning beer garden. And to our knowledge, this is the only place in the world where you can drink beer made in-house out of glass made in-house and watch everything as it's being produced. I had such a great time when I went to go visit Pretentious Glass and Beer Co. So cool. Matthew, let me go back into the glass blowing studio. It was hot back there. Oh my God. It was super hot and so talented. They have a female glass blower and she was rocking it. So you can pop over there and look at the gallery and then go get an amazing beer. And they had such, such good beer there. I really just absolutely enjoyed my time. I loved it. I had a great time there. Let's welcome on our guest this evening, Matthew Cummings, owner of Pretentious Glass Co. and Pretentious Beer Co. Matthew, how are you? Yo, what's up? How are you doing? Hey, so good to see you again. How is everything? Excellent. Excellent. We got some nice cool weather, so... I'm happy. Yeah, man, I'm in Chattanooga, not too far from you, and it cooled off. I actually almost needed yeah. a jacket today. It was really chilly, like in a good way, like in a good like fall yeah, yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it. So, Matthew, we always love to start off by asking our guests their craft beer origin story. Can you tell us yours? Yeah, so I my background is in glass sculpture and being an artist, always drawn to new experiences. So was always a really big fan of craft beer and then um, really got into it in graduate school just south of Chicago, then moved back to Louisville and those at the same time against the grain opened up. So became really good friends with them and they helped support the glassware company when that started. At that time, I was a struggling artist. I was working on developing some beer glasses so doing all this research, like reading every book that I could get my hands on. And so many of them talked about trying to homebrew because it teaches you so much about the malt, the hops, the yeast, you know, everything. And it's pretty affordable. So I was like, I had really expensive taste and no money. 
And I was like, all right, I'm going to start homebrewing. I can make like five gallons of great IPA, you know, like for nothing. Like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds like me. Very expensive taste and no money. (laughs) Uh Uh We have so much in common. And so you started out as a a glass blower and then you started brewing. And so did that inspire you to open a brewery or had you kind of always wanted to do that? Well, we actually, when I moved to uh, Knoxville and was setting up, building literally all the stuff that you see around the hot shop, we built everything ourselves. And when we was doing that, the next door space was a comic book shop. And then they ended up moving locations. And so the next door space, we did a short-term lease so we could build all of the equipment because this place didn't even have electricity. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about how you started as a glass blower and then you moved into brewing, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I started, I went to um, college to become an architect. So dual painting and math, art and math. I had to take another elective and it was either glass or ceramics. And I just begrudgingly took glass, uh, immediately fell in love with it the first semester, the heat, the intensity the teamwork, like not being able to focus on anything else but what you're doing so that you don't burn yourself. And uh, so that's kind of how I got into glass and then getting into beer, just doing the research for uh, figuring out how to make the glassware and figuring out what uh, was relevant to glassware and what was just tradition. You know, you look at a lot of Belgian, speaking of Belgian beers, it's one of the few places where that everyone has proprietary glassware for the beer and that has to, that beer has to go in this glass. And so I got as many of those beers as me and the, the right glasses as possible, drank them in, in the right combination, drank them out of the right glasses and then drank them out of the wrong glasses to try to decide like, did this actually help the beer or was this, is this special for that beer just because your parents drank it out of that beer and your grandparents and it's just tradition. So trying yeah. to break that down and figure out like what, I can use to make better glassware. I love that. And so let's talk a little bit about beer glassware. What are some of your favorite beer glasses for different styles of beer, like like an IPA or a stout, Mm -hmm. for example? So that's that's a that's a complicated question for someone like me that designs, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of kinds of glassware. Commercial examples, uh, the Tekus are is one of my favorite glass designs, but typically tulips for IPAs, stouts. I like something a little uh, more squat uh, so I can really wrap my hand around it and warm it up as I'm drinking it. Um, so that's the general. So if you look at pretentious hour line, we've got, you know, the juicy is one of our most popular IPA glasses specifically for uh, juicy, hazy IPAs. We've got uh, for stouts, the big sexy, which is just like, an enormous oversized snifter red wine glass. Uh, I love that one. To it. Yeah, that one's great. Thank I went you. on your website yesterday when I was doing a little research and I, I did some online shopping and I bought your version of a tulip glass, which was much more interesting than my classic tulip glass that I'm using tonight. I cannot wait for that to arrive in the mail. You, Matthew, you have some of the most amazing beer glasses. There was one 
when I was there visiting that kind of wobbled. I think it was called the wobble. Uh-huh. It actually yeah. would move. It almost, it almost psychs you out because it looks like the glass is about to spill. Was that designed to kind of aerate the drink at all or just for fun, creative purposes? Yeah, I mean, the aeration is not going to help or like not going to hurt anything at all, for sure, especially with beer. Because if you're talking about tasting beer, smell is the vast majority of that experience. So you want to maintain head while you're drinking it. And so that that wobbling, that gyration helps keep that up. It makes it smell better and then makes it taste, you know, more powerfully. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I guess, what you would say really makes glassware so important to beer. I mean, you're completely right because our taste is actually about 75% smell. It's all connected Mm -hmm. and it is so important to be able to smell. And that's why the nucleation, that foam, that head on our beer, it releases those aromas and we can actually taste it better. So yeah, you're, you're completely right. And you guys are doing it amazing justice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We actually use that. The wobble is our high gravity glass at the tasting room. So we use that for service, which freaks people out. Oh, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I love it. The uh I have a wobble glass like that too, but uh it's uh, it's one that actually can stand on its own. Uh-huh. It, it can tip to the side. It's, so it's a it oh, tricks cool. you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but I'm just looking at the wobble on uh, your Instagram. That's fantastic. So fun. Thank you. Did the brewery take off as fast as the glassware when you first opened? Yeah, well we actually so we opened up as a craft beer bar for a year. Uh, before we transitioned to a brewery. So we were one of the few places that oh, opened okay. up and said, oh, we're going to tra- transition to a brewery. And then a lot of places never do it. So uh, we did that. And then as soon as we started brewing our beer, yeah, it was it was game on. So awesome. Yeah. So you were you were serving other people's beers, uh, uh, local yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Regional stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And so what uh, what's a what's a typical uh, pretentious beer? Uh, what What's like your, the, the stars of the show over there? So they're always changing. Um, we definitely, our most popular beers are our lagers, uh, crispy boys, our IPAs, definitely our fruited sours, more contemporary style fruited sours. Uh, and then the big, 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 big dark beers. Nice. That's all. That's you hitting all the points. I love. Yeah. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> all right. Now, what about, uh, you know, uh, there's a history uh, with uh, people going to bars and, and, you know, uh, We'll take home a pint glass or two every once in a while. Uh, I imagine that yeah. uh, people would might want to do that at your place. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we get a, a like a really uh, respectful crowd of people. We've definitely had some people sneak off with the glasses, and we have a sign above the door as you're going out that says, "Please don't steal our fucking glasses." But it's <laughs> a cursive, so it's really polite, you know. <laughs> Well, I would hope they'd have the respect. Obviously, these are hand-blown glasses and they should be paid for. I remember that. Yeah, no, that sign's hilarious. Yeah. Because I know people, they get drunk and they get bright ideas. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm going to go do karaoke. I'm going to go glass and be a jerk. Yeah. We had one guy walked off with like four and we had we we had his card and we caught him on camera so we knew exactly who it was and uh so that was the next week we normally release three or four new beers a week 
and every beer gets its own beer board. And so the next week was this dude sitting in like a classroom with a dunce hat on and it says, I will not steal beer glasses. And it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, so we did like a dunce beer, like straight at him. That's amazing. Public humiliation is the best way to get back at someone. That's, actually, that's incredible that you did that. That's super funny. I love it. Yeah, we got to we got to visit the tap room here and uh, get some of the glass. And tell us about the uh, your artwork. So that's the work that I made um, that put me through my post back in graduate school, the gesture uh-huh. series. So those are like that. Those pieces are like three and a half feet tall. It's hard to see the scale, but but really large one off glass sculpture pieces. And I see you have auctions, online auctions. Yep. Yeah. Every Friday. We're actually adding the last week and this week we're doing Friday at 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturday 11 to 2. And that's when we do the founders. So glasses that I make that are straight one-offs. I don't make them for a market, for a beer style, for a price point. It's just the coolest glassware that I can dream up. So like, I'll show you one that this hasn't. I did a teaser on the story yesterday about this style, which is like these gemstone kind of variants. So this is the top half to our juicy glass, which is one of our more popular ones. This diamond gemstone. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But it is like wild. Oh, that's st- the way it's reflecting yeah. right now. That's see that? that is gnarly, man. <laughs> That's I'm one. Sure. And then like, this is, um, this is a, a, a new mug that I've been working on with this kind of like folded, like agate. That's the coolest take on a Stein I've ever <laughs> seen. I cannot wait Thank to you. make our podcast listeners so jealous that they're not tuning into the live stream because this is the most visually pleasing episode we've right. had. And <laughs> wow, that was a really cool. That was a really cool. I think that one might actually be my favorite because I like a handle. Yeah. I it. yeah. Handles make me feel safe. <laughs> Let's take a beer break. All this talk about beer glassware got me thinking, what's the actual history of beer glassware? So the Phoenicians were the ones to really create this around 50 BC, but it wasn't really until the 19th century that it became super popular and people started to actually take beer glassware seriously. One of the ones that kicked off this trend was a 10-sided fluted glass that was essentially a pint mug with a handle on it. And people loved this because they realized they could drink their beer out of it without warming their beer up due to their body temperature connecting with the glass. So that was exciting for people. And then there was a dimpled glass that became really popular in the 1940s. And people really loved to drink amber beers out of there because apparently it just looked super beautiful. I agree, I love an amber ale. And today we know that beer glassware is super important. This is gonna help to get the most character out of your beer in terms of the appearance, the aroma, and the taste. So let's get back to the episode. When you hire uh, your your bartenders over there, do they uh, get training in the uh, the glass blowing, or just in the have a special glass training at all? Yeah, I mean we go through. This is like full on maker culture. This is a brewery started by a sculptor, you know, with the glass blowing studio next door. 
the breweries here. The tap room is the brew house. Um, it just gets condensed when we have people coming in. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all hands on deck for everybody. So we typically try to have like, we'll have the bar staff design a beer and then make it with the supervision of some of the brewers. Uh, so they just did a watermelon cucumber goza. So salted watermelon cucumber sour ale. And then, you know, same thing, get them into the glass studio and play around a little bit. That's I great. That so good. I love salted beers. I realized mm-hmm. a little bit of salinity on the finish. It kind of rounds out the flavor. I recently had a beer. They were calling it their pretzel beer, probably for Oktoberfest season. And uh-huh. it was blonde ale, like a more malty blonde ale, like a Burmarzen. And it had a little salt in it. And it was so, so good. I have a few more in my fridge and they're super yummy. Yeah, I got distracted awesome. there when you said the watermelon cucumber goza. I'm like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I kind of, yeah, that, I kind of like zoned out and went into like beer dreamland for a second. Exactly. <laughs> um, but we have a few things that we focus on. Actually, the only beer that's almost always on tap is uh, Chug Life. Yeah. Uh, we, we got Good Times. That's one of a fellow, that's a fellow brewer, Adam, owns uh, Alliance. That is just a board to make fun of him. Uh, so it ha- we have him saying stupid stuff all the time. And then Brunette, our Blondale, Smushmallow with uh, our homies at Oozel Finch. Smushmallow, that one's new. Yeah, that so- wasn't there when I visited, I don't think. Yeah, that just came out uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. I would have definitely ordered that. And then, then these are our sours at the bottom. Margarita. We got a PB&J a Bright Crawler Sour. And then some barrel stuff. Love and it. a brown ale. We actually made a brown ale. We don't do that once a year. The One of the brewers like gets very, very grumpy. He's a traditionalist. So he's like, you know, let's, he's like, oh, why do I have to put candy in this beer? Actually, he was the one that started putting candy in the beer. Like his blonde or his uh, brown ale once a year, you know, like just, just throwback classic. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm a big German beer lover. So I kind of love the Ryan Heitzgebot, like lagers that are very traditional and, and pure, but I do every once in a while love a fruited pastry sour, you know, something <laughs> mm-hmm. a little off the wall and, and unique, but uh, no, I, I get that. He kind of, that he feels that way. That makes sense. Yeah. I love a good Brown ale. It, it's, it's not as popular of a style, Unfortunately, but uh, I think you could come back around. I think we're promoting yeah. it today. Yeah. I think people don't like the word brown with food and, and drink. I think it's like mm-hmm. they're just like brown. Like It just doesn't sound great. In other aspects of life, I think brown can sound great. But I think with like, like brown ale, it doesn't really sound exciting. Hazy, juicy IPA. Now that's sexy. That got marketed well. Those are really, I, I really think it's marketing. I really do. I think it's, I think it's the name. I think people who don't know a lot about beer, they see brown ale and they think that's not great. And I'm like, no, this is going to be a wonderful roasty experience for your taste buds. Order it. They're not on the menu enough. And when you get a good one, it's great. I think brown ales pair really well with food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they absolutely do. I think they pair really well with food. I like that kind of roasty flavor with a lot of different foods. I'm curious, what is your ideal day off in Knoxville? 
I mean, it's going to be, uh, we have an amazing farmer's market, uh, market square, like a pedestrian square. So that's how we start. We'll go get some bagels at Paisan, then do the farmer's market and then go on a walk and then, you know, maybe hit up a couple of breweries and then hang with the kiddos. As you probably know by now, our podcast is done in the form of a live stream. All of our beer club members get to tune in live with me and ask any questions that they want to me, my co-host, or the guest. We just had a great question from one of our live audience members. Let's hear what it was. Does Matthew make the glass tap handles? Uh, the tap handles. Do you make those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you personally? Yeah. Oh, my God. Where do people buy your beer glasses? Let's let's give the website. I have a feeling you're going to get a bunch of sales from this. Yeah. So the we got two spots, um, Etsy or Etsy shop, and that's at Pretentious Beer Glass, uh, and then our website that just launched. Like literally, we just sent the newsletter uh, announcement out today. So yeah, those are the two spots. And oh, you and you ship around the country. We ship all over the world. All the yeah. world. Nice. We'll get it to you. We'll get it to you. Nice. Yeah, I just, I'm so excited for my tulip glass to come because I always say that that's my favorite glass style. I also love a Callan glass, but a tulip glass uh-huh. is great. I kind of like a little bit of a stem, but you guys have a really cool take on it. And and I liked the tulip glass because it looked small enough for me to fit my hand around it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes there's glasses. We're, like we do the best job here at Bruvana with providing really awesome glassware for all of our beer club members. But there's uh-huh. been a couple where I'm like, this is a little big. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I'm like two-handing it. And they're gorgeous. And yeah. I love them all. There's, um, not a, there's not a glass we've used in our beer boxes I haven't liked. But the tulip glass looked nice. I was like, I can fit my whole hand around this. Because again, I'm clumsy. Like I prefer handles. Uh-huh. This is one of the original, uh, this is like the big sexy, the, oh, sorry, the, the first version of the big sexy, which uh, was called Imperial. So okay. it was like the big high grab style. Mm-hmm. I designed this like probably eight or nine years ago. So pre pastry stouts, this was like old Rasputin, you know, that, that era. For me, perfect. Like it's not too big. It's got a really good like volumetric uh, sphere to, to capture all that stuff. And then I started selling them and people were like, oh my, I can't grab this glass with one. Like, what is going on? And then I realized I scaled it to my hand, which I'm <laughs> 6'2 and I played basketball in college. So it's like, that's not, like, don't make them to these giant you know, mittens. <laughs> I have a funny story about that. So as some of our attendees might remember, back in our Lexington season, which was last month in August, we featured uh, Blue Stallion Brewing in Lexington. They have a bar, and I didn't realize this on the episode. Their bar, so the owner is like 6'6", this like giant German man. It came up to almost my chin. And and JR goes, who's the lead brewer, he goes, we fucked up. He was like, he was like, like massive. And he made it to where like he can put his hand on the bar. Uh (laughs) Like, yeah, you have to think about other, other body sizes. And that just made me laugh so hard. I was like, why is the bar literally like up to my forehead? Um, And you know who told me about you was Chris Palmy at Fusion in Knoxville. 
He, we had uh-huh. him on one of our yeah, episodes. Yeah. I love Chris. I just saw him at the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver. He's become a good buddy. Oh, I, yeah. I love him. And he had one of your glasses on the episode. I was like, where did you get that? And he said, Molly, you're moving to Chattanooga. Uh-uh. got to go to Pretentious. It's in Knoxville, just a couple hours away. I said, done. So That's awesome. Shout out to That's Chris. That's awesome. And Matthew, as we wrap up here, it is time for our rapid fire questions. Your goal here is to not think, just answer. Are you ready? Here we go. Matthew, fan of lactose and beer, yes or no? Just a little bit. Oh, love it. Like a midway answer. We haven't had one of those yet. I mean, I can, I can have like like one one a day, but I cannot drink lacto beer, lactose beer all, all night. Completely no. agree. I can have one yeah. every like four weeks. Okay, how about hops? Cascade or mosaic? Ah, dude, don't ask. Like, that's a hard question. Both? I mean, so we've been getting, before, previously, I would say, if you get if you get choice on lots, maybe Cascade, because there's some really good Cascade out there. If, if you don't have choice on lots, Mosaic. I mean, Mosaic is like, it's a cheater hop. It's amazing. You put Mosaic in anything, and it tastes fan- fantastic. I like that passion. All right. Home brewing or home drinking? Home drinking, right? Because it's the same thing. If you homebrew, then you're going to drink it eventually. <laughs> That's just like an early step of home drinking. <laughs> right? It all leads to drinking. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't. Eat, I know you don't have a lot of time for this, but if you're ever sitting down watching TV, what's a, what's a beer to drink while you're watching TV? Uh, Wiseacre Tiny Bomb. Uh, made out of Memphis, Tennessee. It's uh, really phenomenal pilsner it's got just this little like tweak that's not super european that uh makes it pop i, I mean that's the one that's almost always in my fridge favorite german beer pilsner most popular beer yeah. in the world i think i like i like czech style pills a little better just a little more hot forward and this italian uh pilsner italian lager trend going on right now the hot forward i love it it's so tasty. It's just got, I because I was making fun of before when the um, IPLs came out, uh, you know, the Indian Pell Loggers. I was like, dude, you know what a good IPL is? A Pilsner. <laughs> you know, no, I don't want any IPLs. I just want a good Pilsner. I, I'm a big fan. I, I totally get that. I, I'm more of a malt lover. So if someone's like, you want a Pilsner? I'm like, I do, but make it a Hellas. I'll cheat on the Pilsner with the Hellas every once in a while. That's my favorite. That's my favorite summer beer. A little bit more of a multi backbone to it. Yeah. Matthew, it's been a pleasure having you. Is there anything you want to plug? I would say, man, I would say the Knoxville uh, beer community. Uh, We've got, we're really lucky in that it is so, the community is so tight knit. Collaborative beers aren't even like, Uh, a big deal it's like okay it's like every week there's a collaborative brew going on where if anybody needs anything we help out each other it's a really really cool place and we're pumping out a lot of really good beer and we've got some nice variety to the scene of everybody's kind of found their their own voice so yeah punk knoxville Awesome. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. And thank you to my wonderful co-host, Mike, my amazing guest, Matthew. You guys be sure to tune in next week as we chat with Rick Cox, co-founder and co-head brewer at Next Level Brewing Company in Knoxville and taste a very atypical dark beer. 
And we will be wrapping up our month in Knoxville. So tune in to wave farewell to this streaking capital, country music cradle, international port, oh so lovable city with me and Mike next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's always a blast having a beer with you. Don't forget to sign up for the Bruise Less Traveled Beer Club. And this way you'll get the beers I've been drinking delivered right to your doorstep. Plus exclusive access to our weekly live streams. You can also follow Bruvana on Instagram and me as well at Molly underscore Bruise Less Traveled. I always love hearing from you guys, especially if it's a beer recommendation. So keep the messages coming. Cheers. Cheers.